And if you have your Bibles this morning, be finding Hebrews chapter 11. The book of Hebrews chapter 11. And we will look at verse 6. As Bud mentioned, we are beginning a series this morning on uh, seeking God. And there's a lot of verses that talk about seeking God. Uh, we, so we've had to kind of cull through and get the main ones, but th- this morning we'll look at verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 11, which says this, Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He, uh, and in the Greek text, there, it literally is that this one, that is, uh, there's what's called a definite article in the Greek text here. It's like our word the. And it means a specific one. He must believe that this this particular God exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Now those two technical points, just by way of introduction, uh, when he says this God, you must believe that this particular God is, he's referring to the God um, who has made everything by in verse 3. The universe is made by the word of God. He's referring to the God of Abel in verse 4. In other words, the God of the Old Testament. He's going to go on in Hebrews 11 and describe uh, Abraham and Noah and David and Gideon. Uh, the, the God of the Old Testament story. If you come to God, you must believe that that God, the particular God of the Old Testament, still exists. That's the God who is. And something else, he's a rewarder if you seek him. In other words, you, you're not going to do more for God than he'll do, more, than he'll do for you. There's going to be Benevolent consequences to seeking the face of God. So today we're going to look at some of these rewards. What I want to do is encourage us in these next few weeks to just intentionally discipline ourselves, deliberately pursue God in a way we have not done for a while. And uh, by intentional, I mean decisions that will bring us closer to God. Today, why should we do it? There are benefits. Starting next Sunday, how do we do it? So first, why should we do it? That is, what are the benefits or rewards of seeking God? And I offer up seven this morning. I know there are more. But these are seven that will generalize our message today. Reward number one is guidance. When you seek 
God, God will guide you. Proverbs 3, 6, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will what? Direct your path. Guidance. Uh, Jeremiah 10, 23 says, I know, O Lord, that the way of man is not within him. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. So in other words, you don't know enough to make decisions about your future. But God does. He knows you. He knows the path you take, the one you should take, the one that's best for you. He loves you. And, and when you seek him, you will get his direction. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. A second reward for seeking God is a good marriage. Um, God knows who is compatible. And God knows who fits the future. The problem with getting married is you don't know what this person's going to be like 20 years from now. But God does. There's a story in the Old Testament uh, about a woman named Ruth who was a Moabite. And a family, the woman's name was Naomi, uh, from Israel went down to Moab. And her two sons married two Moabite women, Ruth and Orpah. Well, those two sons died in Moab. And so uh, Naomi, this is uh, 10 years go by, and Naomi, who's from Israel, said to Ruth and Orpah, uh, all right, uh, ladies, I'm going back to Israel. Uh, I've heard there's bread there, there's food, um, and I'm an Israelite. And, and so as what she says is, um, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people, talking about Orpah, She's gone back to her people, the Moabites, and her gods. So return with her. But Ruth said, Oh, don't urge me to leave you or return from following you. For where you go, I'll go. Where you dwell, I dwell. Your people will be my people. And your God will be my God. Ruth is converted to Judaism. Ruth is converted to the God of Israel. Your God, to, she says to Naomi, will be my God. Orpah went back to her gods, Moabite gods. So Ruth decides to seek the Lord. She decides to seek the God of Israel. And guess what happens in the story? The main story is about how Ruth gets up there and Naomi says, uh, you need to go glean in the, in the fields. And this guy, the, one of the richest guys in Israel, sees her, likes what he sees, and ends up marrying her. Now, Ruth didn't set out to marry the richest guy in Israel. 
She set out to seek God. Amen. And God said, here's a reward. So uh, I'm not saying that uh, your reward for seeking God will be the richest guy in Flint. <laughs> I would not say that. Otherwise, my wife would not have gotten a reward. But, uh, <laughs> but there is something about seeking God that somehow that opens the door to the right one to marry. When I was at Hiawassee Junior College in, in Hiawassee, Tennessee, no, Madisonville, Tennessee, it, was, it's, it wasn't an Ivy League school. In fact, I don't even think it exists now. But it was a two-year school, and I had to transfer to a four-year school. So I had heard that Asbury College in Wilmore, Kentucky, had had a move of God on campus. And I thought, I want to go where God's moving. So I decided to go to Asbury College because I heard that's where God was moving. And when I got there, I wasn't seeking a wife. I mean, it wasn't in, you know, it was in the back of my mind. But I wasn't seeking a wife, I was seeking God. And I went to this prayer meeting and there was a young lady there named Janet Panorwood. And she saw me. I did not see her. I was only looking for God. <laughs> but she saw me and later told me about it. I, I, I didn't remember it. And, and uh, uh, I ended up marrying this young lady who has been called the perfect pastor's wife. See, I didn't know. I didn't, she was going to be a teacher in the schools in Louisville. And then she met me and I transformed her life. <laughs> <laughs> but if you will seek God, somehow, godly women start coming along, seeking the Lord. A third benefit, not only guidance in marriages, but a third benefit is freedom. Many people are in bondage to fears, anxieties, besetting sins, some of them sexual sins, bitterness, unforgiveness, anger. When you seek God, these things begin to drop away. Freedom. In Luke 4, verse 17, Jesus went into the synagogue in his first sermon. He unrolled the scroll of Isaiah, found the place where it was written, and read these words. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor and sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. Man, it is good news, isn't it? We don't have to be in bondage to anything, anyone, any sin. Jesus has come to decree liberty to those in bondage. And then a fourth uh, reward is happiness. Uh, it is characteristic of the world, according to Paul, 
To be miserable. Romans 3.16, Paul describes the lost. He says, their paths are ruin and misery and the way of peace they have not known. There's a guy who is a historian in Rome at the same time Paul lived. His name was Pliny. He's called Pliny the Elder because there was a younger historian, his nephew called Pliny the Younger. Well, Pliny the Elder, a much respected historian in the first century, confirming Paul, wrote these words, due to such miseries on earth, Suicide seems to be God's best gift to man. That was the culture of the Apostle Paul. The National Institute of Health says that one out of every four women are on antidepressants and 11% of teenagers on antidepressants. You would think... These young people with all their their future ahead of them, the excitement of life and good health. But a study showed that ages 15 to 24 had one of the highest thoughts, considerations of suicide. 20% had considered suicide. Suicide is up 50% among teenagers in the last 10 years. Where is all this unhappiness coming from? Listen to what Isaiah 40 verse 30 says. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. Young men shall fall exalted, but those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. I have done more funerals for teenagers up to about 25 years of age that age group for suicide than any other age group. And Psalm 51, David confesses his sin that he had committed with Bathsheba, which had wrecked his life. And he prays to God, created me a clean heart, O God, Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Now listen, he says, Restore to me the joy of salvation. Joy. When we seek God, joy comes. Paul, uh, Peter described it in 1 Peter 1.8. He said, you, you may not see the Lord, but you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is unspeakable, indescribable, full of glory. Is that your level of joy? See, we need to seek the Lord. I think we're missing something. A fifth reward is assurance 1 John 3, 24, we know he dwells in us by his spirit that he's given us. When we seek the Lord and ask him to fill us with his Holy Spirit, we know then that he 
lives in us. We know he dwells in us. We need an assurance that when we die, we're going to go to heaven and not hell. That should be a confidence every Christian possesses. Jesus mentions hell over 30 times in the four Gospels. It is a place, he said, of burning fire, outer darkness, and and, a bottomless pit in Revelation. A bottomless pit. I saw a movie one time where this astronaut was outside the spaceship, and, you know, they have those lines that go from the spaceship to the astronaut and and a space storm came through and knocked and broke his line and he just drifted off into space can you imagine now just drifting off into space into infinity never having anything solid beneath your feet It is an awful contemplation. One of the things we we do to seek the Lord is say, God, tell me I belong to you. Assure my heart so there's no question. When I die, I will stand before you and hear your voice welcome me in. So assurance, a sixth benefit and I I know this could be controversial, but here it is, prosperity. Amen. Um, Psalm 1-3, those who meditate in the word is like a tree planted by streams of water, yields its fruit in season, leaf does not wither, and all he does will prosper. Those who meditate in the Word, day and night, they're in the Word. You can't just be half-hearted, go to church every once in a while and uh, read your Bible every once in a while. Seeking God intentionally, deliberately, and saying, Lord, search me and know my heart and help me to please you. When you begin to do these things, God says you're like a tree planted in by a river of water that's constantly refreshing that tree and everything you do will prosper. Listen at this verse. Second Chronicles 26 verse 4 talking about uh, the king in Israel. He said he, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord according to all his father Amaziah had done. He set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah the prophet who instructed him in the fear of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. That's 2 Chronicles 26, 4 and 5. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. And I know that there are tests and trials and difficulties and questions on on some of these issues, but I'll just tell you this. Nothing but good comes when we set our hearts to seek God. 
and put him first in our life. The seventh reward is understanding. Um, sometimes people will say, I, I don't understand the Bible or uh, I just don't get it. I, I try to read it, and, but it doesn't make sense. And you, maybe you can change translations or something to try to help. But understanding comes when you seek the Lord. Listen to Proverbs one twenty three. If you turn at my reproof, I will pour out my spirit to you and I will make my words known to you. I will make my words known to you. How do you understand the Bible? It's not just intellect alone. It's, just not, it's not just a commentary. But it's when you turn to God Turn at the words of my reproof, and I'll pour out my spirit and make my words known. There's a parable Jesus told in Matthew 13. He said, a farmer went out to sow seed, and some fell by the wayside, some on stony ground, and so on. But the, but the seed that brought forth fruit was the heart that was prepared to receive it, good soil. It had been cultivated and made ready to receive it. When you come in on Sunday mornings, Come praying, God, speak to me today. Bless the pastor. May the anointing of God rest on him. And make me desperate to hear from you. Because we need him so. And I, uh, just uh, in all honesty this morning, my motivation for this is to begin... I wanted to begin a series on Genesis, highlights and turning points. But I kept feeling somewhat restrained. I felt like God was saying to me and to tell you all that he wants to speak to us in Genesis, through Genesis, the book of Genesis. But that we need to be prepared for it. We need to get ready for Genesis. It's, it's got some heavy stuff and we need to take our time and we need, to, we need to relish the Word of God like a hungry man uh, turns over a morsel of food in his mouth. i give you an example of the difficulties we would face. Genesis 1.27 God made them male and female. Well, that's two genders. How hard is that? But you have the LGBTIQA+, an evolving acronym that stands for lesbian, gender, gay, bisexual, transgender, intersex, and questioning, and asexual. There's also binary, non-binary, pansexual, these are all genders that people are identifying with today. If you go to Facebook and you want to list your gender, they have 55 options on Facebook. Folks, our nation is in trouble. 
Now, when I come to that, I don't want to just get up and rant and rave about how bad the sinner is. I don't want to do that. I want to be clear. Amen? I don't, I don't want to be confusing. So we have to be clear, but I also want to be compassionate because I think sometimes we don't understand these people. And we need to have a heart that not only wants to be truthful, but as Paul said in Ephesians 4, speaking the truth in love for them. Because our goal is not to put them in their place and fuss at them. Our goal is redemption and salvation and transformation of these people. If God has so forgiven us, some of us are worse than they are. Can I get a witness? Some of us are worse than they are. And if God has so forgiven us, redeemed us, transformed us, and set us free, oh, how compassionate we should be with the confused sinner that is out there today. They need us. They need us to be clear and bold and compassionate. So I thought when, when I was looking at this, I want to do Genesis. And God said, why don't you take a few Sundays and get ready for the Word of God? Get ready for it. Prepare your hearts. Seek the Lord. And so that is my motive this morning. As we go forward, I'll, I'm going to seek the Lord intentionally, deliberately, maybe sacrificially, and I invite you to join me on this journey as we seek his face. Let us look for the rewards that come with it. Bow with me in prayer. Ushers, if you will prepare.